Amen. God's good to it all. He really is. And I still believe He's in control. I know He is. Of everything that's going on. And the more I read the Bible, the more I understand it's right on time. Just like the Bible points. I've been... I know I've preached several parts of this before. But uh, I was looking at it and going through it again today. And... uh, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 1. And I'm going to read a little while now. And so just stay with me. Philippians chapter 1. And let's begin to read in verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you... It is saved. Now, first of all, before we go any, any further, notice that this chapter is written to brothers in Christ. So he's, he's writing to save people. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of heresy, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law blameless, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything... You be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mine earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, for whence also 
we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to even subdue all things unto himself. Father, we read these precious words. Every time we read them, we get goosebumps on us thinking about the way that you want us to live our lives. You first, everything else works. We ask you to bless our minds now. Let the Holy Spirit have his way with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you notice verse 13 especially, Brethren, I count not myself to have opinion, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. It's a wonderful thing when you really think about it that you can start over all over again fresh. The unsaved cannot start all over afresh. He's dead in his sins and trespasses according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Only in Christ Jesus, a saved person, can and may start afresh in a new life. Now here's what I'd like for us to get tonight if I can. No matter how high we've gone, there's always something higher for us to do. No matter how low we have fallen, it's possible to start over, start anew. Paul said in verse 12 through 14, not as though I had already attended, uh, either were already perfect, but I fall after, if that I may apprehend, or that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now let me explain what he's talking about there for just a minute. As far as Holy Father is concerned, every child of God right now in the eyes of God is perfect. We're absolutely clean from everything. We're perfect in the eyes of God right now. But you and I know that the Bible teaches we, we, He didn't take us to heaven when we got saved. We're still here. And we're in this fleshly body and the Bible says that this is our enemy. This flesh wants to do the things of the world. The Holy Spirit is in us, wants to do the things of God. And we're in a battle all the time. And, uh, and the Bible says that it makes it very plain that our goal is to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people put the pastor up on a pedal or they put somebody uh, special in their life. I know a lot of athletes that put their coach up on a pedestal and they want to be like them or a great athlete in their life or somebody special. I put them up there and I want to be like them. Now, what he's saying here is get your eyes off of everybody else. Get your eyes off the world. Put your eyes on Jesus. I want to be like him. And what Paul said here is, I haven't apprehended that I haven't got there yet. And I can say that, and you can say that with everybody else. We haven't got there yet. One day we will, after Miss Body, present the Lord, and then we'll be perfect. In these three verses, Paul is telling us that a new start involves three things. Now, uh, anybody left, I'll tell you the truth, I think what's kept me young in heart all these years here I am, 87 years old. Somebody asked me just yesterday, uh, what do you uh, contribute to being as old as you are and in good health as you are? And one of the things that I really believe helps me is I get up every morning, I want to do something today. I don't care about yesterday. You can't change yesterday. I don't care how hard you try. 
You can't change yesterday. I want something that will matter, something that will count. I want to get it done today. And I ain't going to bed till I do. That's just where it's at. I, I want to get something uh, for, done for the Lord. Now, notice, first of all, it involves forgetting the things which are behind us. Verse 13. This one thing I do, forgetting those which, things which are behind. Now, one of the great barriers to make a new start is a horror of the past. Do you know what the devil does to a child of God? He brings up our past all the time. Yeah, all day long. He brings up our past, what we used to do, what we said, what we've done, uh, the thing we've done to other people, all kind of stuff. He just brings up this junk. I try to go to bed some night, and, and my mind just flashes by me, just things I've done in the past, and I'm so sorry that I've done certain things, and, and I've asked God to forgive me. And, and I like what one old man said one done to me, or a preacher, years ago. He said he asked God over and over, forgive him. He said, what are you doing that for? Don't you know that God says once you've asked God to forgive you, He does it and it's over with? And He'll say to you if you asked Him a second time, what are you talking about? Because He's already forgot it. He said He'll put it behind His back and never look on it again. He'll never think on it again. So if He's forgiven you of it, it's gone. Amen? And so why would you spend your time going back in the past and thinking on something that bothers you all the time. Somebody's done you wrong. Some bad things happened to you yesterday and all the way back. Forget it. And that's the way to start. Past sins must be forgiven though. One thing I've learned as a Christian, there can be no forgetting without forgiving. Now, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 15. That which has been is now. And that which is to be has already been. And God requires that which is past. In other words, God's going to require your past sins that you've done. But if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, He washes them away. Amen? But if you're not saved, He's going to require it of you. Now, Paul was conscious of the many failures and sins in his life. Now, the way to be to blaspheme the name of Jesus, the way he persecuted the church, uh, the way he haunted, uh, these things must have haunted him day and night, and yet there come a time in Paul's life uh, that he owed up to his past sins, and having confessed them, he entered into Christ's forgiveness and cleansing and rest. And if we make a new start in our lives, we must do 1 John 1, 9, it says, Confess your fault and sins, and he'll forgive your sins, and you'll never look on them again. Now watch this. Number one, then if you're going to be successful in your life, you've got to forget about the things of your past. Number two, making a new start involves for, forgetting past successes. Verse 13, Brother, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. If you go back and read where we was reading the first while ago, You'll find out if anybody had a right to brag, if anybody had the right to look on themselves and say, I'm a pretty good person. Paul sure did. I mean, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. You know what they did? That's a study of the Word of God. They knew the Word of God. And he knew the Word of God. And he persecuted the church thinking he was doing God's work. And on and on and on. He said, if anybody had a right to, but he said, I count all that as dumb. That's past. And Paul is lacking the Christian life as a race. There's one thing about a race. 
no matter what kind you're in. If you are to win the crown of victory, you cannot stop to take the inventory before you get there. I learned very. I used to run track, believe it or not, and I, I'll never forget the first time I run track in high school, and there was a big old tall guy, and man, I took I come out of that shoot and I was gone, and I heard something behind me, clap, 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 and I on by me, he went. I, I turned around to see who it was. He went around by me. If I hadn't turned around, I believe I'd have beat him. But I wanted to see who it was coming, making all that noise, coming towards me. He went right on by me. And that taught me a great lesson in life. If you're going to win, you can't turn around and take uh, how much I've done and what all I've got and everything else in the world. Forget it. Amen? Now I want you to watch something. You'll lose the race you do. Only one thing is important in a race. Running so as to win. One of the most dangerous devices of Satan for slowing us up in our Christian life is engaging our minds and hearts with memories of past successes. Now, every once in a while I sit down, it's good to think about some good things you've done, but don't dwell on them. I mean, I know a lot of people, all they talk about, I used to be a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> I used to be a church uh, pastor. I used to sing in the choir. I used to play an instrument. I used to be faithful in the Lord's house. What about now? Now watch it. If we're going to live lives of holiness and victory, we must leave all that in the past. God is a God of the present. Now I want you to watch this. Turn over to Second Corinthians in a minute, will you? Second Corinthians. When I preach about the Word of God, I like to back it up with the Word of God. I want you to see it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 2. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Hebrews chapter 3, Psalm 95. <coughs> All say similar thing. It God is a God of present right now. Right now. He's with us right now. When Winston Churchill visited the United States during World War II, he was heard to say that if the past quarrels with the past, there can be no future. Now the point he was making is this. We've got to accept the past as a thing we cannot alter and move on from there and stay, rather than stay in quarrel with the past, it'll ruin your life and it'll ruin the future. First, make sure our past sins are forgiven. Secondly, make sure our past successes are forsaken. Then, the new start involves foreseeing the things which are before. Did you know what? one of the things that a lot of people's lives are run by, they have no goal in life. They don't even know. You ask some people, what's your goal in life? What do you want to be? If God allows you to be another 20 years or 40 years, in your life. What do you intend on doing? What what are you going to be? Did you know so many people don't have any idea? They ain't even thought about it. They're just living for right now. Just for the moment. But the Bible makes it very plain that we are to look forward. Now look watch verse thirteen, fourteen. Brother, I count my not myself to apprehend, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
In other words, he's going forward all the time. Now, reaching forth in those things which are before, and most people are afraid of the future. The days are ahead are filled with fear, but the Christian don't have to fear as long as Jesus is on the throne. And brother, I got news for you, the devil can't even get him off the throne. And so I know he's on the throne, and I know Jesus is my Savior. He's my Heavenly Father. He'll take care of me. I have no right to fear. Now, I'm concerned, but I don't fear. We need to see the responsibilities of life. Look at verse 14. The responsibility of life is I press towards the mark. What mark? The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he's talking about? My goal ought to be all the time, I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. A person was sitting in my office one day, he said, how do you gauge what you do in life, preacher? Where you go and the clothes you wear and the language you use and, and everything that you do, how do you gauge your, your life? I said, would Jesus do it? Would Jesus go there? Would Jesus take partake of that? You think about that for just a minute. If, he did, if you don't think Jesus would do it, then you don't need to be doing it. It's just that simple. On one of the attempts to climb, climb Mount Everest, Mallory and his friends made a final dash for the summit, but failed in 1953. They failed in spite of their tremendous determination and courage and the dis- discipline of long-time training. Yet one of his party returned to London and was given a lecture. He had on the platform a magnificent picture of Mount Everest. And as he turned and looked at it, he said to it, We have tried to conquer you and failed. We tried again and you beat us, but we shall beat you. For you cannot grow bigger, but we can. Amen? And so it was with a life of faith. We move from strength to strength. Just from strength to strength. I had, I've got more blessings this week. I really have. You know how the old devil will jump on. Any good day you have in the Lord, you better remember something. The devil is coming the very next day. Did you know the hardest day on a preacher? Mondays. You know why? You can serve the Lord and God will bless on every hand and the old devil to jump on you on Monday and say you ain't, you know, nothing happened, nothing happened. And and that's the way it was for me this Monday. I, one of the greatest days we've had in this church, I don't know when. And God just blessed on every hand. And the old devil jumped on me and then I began to get phone calls of people that was blessed in church and God just lifted me right up. Amen. And what he's saying is, press on. Don't dwell on your past, even your past successes. It's good to be successful in the Lord, but don't dwell on it. I want something better today. I, I'm always one of these kind of guys. And you know, I know a lot of people, if they catch a 10-pound bass, they satisfy. I mean, man, that's a once-in-a-lifetime. I'll put that on the wall, and they brag about that the rest of their life. You know what I do? I've caught several 10-pound bass, but I'm on a 12-pounder. And I've been trying ever since. I want just a little bit bigger. Amen? I want something to shoot for. Just something to, to strive for every day. 
I believe the saddest people in the world is people that don't have anything to look for today. They just, their life doesn't mean a thing. They just live from sun up to sundown, and you know, just go along, and that's it. I was in a grocery store line the other day, paying my grocery store there, and the teller, is that what you call her? Or tellee, or something? Cashier. I, I, was, I was talking to her, and I always talk to her, yeah, more fun. And I was talking to her, and she said, I'll be so glad when this day's over. I said, young lady, you ought not to ever say that. She said, what do you mean? I said, good night. You'll never get this day back. Amen. I want this day. I don't know that. I said, you have my wife. I don't go to bed at 1 o'clock. I just don't. I'm afraid I'll miss something. I'm going to stay up as long as I can. And when I fell asleep in my chair, then I'll wake myself up and go to bed. But I'm so afraid I'll miss something. I want something to happen today. I want it right now. And keep on going. And I want that adrenaline still flowing. Amen. There's something about reaching or looking for a goal out there. And that's the reason I love hunting so much. Some people say, well, you just love to kill animals. I ain't where hunt. I ain't, that ain't the hunt. The hunt is the hunt, not the killing. And if you ever, you, if you know what I'm talking about, you, you appreciate it. I was with my guide up in Montana years ago. It was back when you had to have a, it was mandatory to have a guide. And he carried four of us over this mountain. And we'd get to a place, and he said, now you go on the other side, you go on that side, and so on. And I come to this bear print. A grizzly bear print was in the snow, and uh, his droppings were still smoking in the snow. And I said, man, I've always wanted to kill me a grizzly bear. He said, well, you take off after me, and there you go, he's right that way. Man, I had a 350, uh, 300 Winchester Magnum rifle. I said, that thing would kill anything. I ain't worried about it. The hair on the back of my head stood up, and I'm right, I'm so excited. My old little heart go bam, 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 bam. I'm right on that thing, and a snowshoe rabbit run out from under a tree, and like scared me to death. I ain't kidding you, man. I thought I was going to die. Right there on that mountain, I thought I was going to die. And for the rest of the day, that bear hunted me. I'll never forget it. I never got a glimpse of that bear. But what a thrill to hunt him. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, help us to look forward to it. Good days every day. Every moment. Lord, we don't even know what's around the corner. But it can sure be something good. And I ask you, dear God, to bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.